This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have with this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is David Levenda, co-founder and vice president of product strategy and marketing at Harmony. We've become overwhelmed with technology. I think you know the, a lot of the, the Silicon Valley culture that's driving technology and looks at technology for technology's sake. The information is just coming fast and furious at people, and it becomes extremely difficult for people to be able to focus on what they really care about, which are things like customers, prospects, projects, services. We see that productivity is actually going down because people are, uh, I think to a large degree, because people are confused and overwhelmed and uh, very difficult for them to see the information. So a lot of the promise of the introduction of technology to boost productivity has not been realized. And that's the opportunity. So the opportunity here is really, is is a quantum leap in how people interact with technology. Giving me that insight to move quickly isn't making me more productive by doing the task faster, but it is allowing me to actually see the big picture and take advantage of the opportunity. This is David. He is a veteran high-tech marketing and product strategy executive. He's a regular contributor to Fast Company, CMS Wire, Financial Times, Business Week, Entrepreneur, and other leading press outlets. David has recently completed a graduate degree in science, technology, and society, investigating how information overload in organizations has evolved since the introduction of email. Information overload is exactly the issue Harmony is addressing. Harmony believes that technology needs to serve humanity. In today's app economy, information workers access countless business apps on a daily basis to get work done. And that's distracting. Because people don't think in terms of apps, They think in topics like customers, products, and projects. And Harmony was founded to solve this. And this intrigued me. Hence, I invited David to my podcast. And today we explore the key questions, how we can humanize technology to empower people and their ability to work together in a world where information overload is the norm. And during this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, why ISVs should make a considered effort to apply technology, not just for technology's sake, if they want their solution to provide quantum impact. Secondly, why the potential is really to take a new approach to how people interact with technology. And thirdly, why vendors have to participate in a multi-vendor, multi-cloud world in order to stay relevant. So David, to get started with the podcast, can you give the audience a bit of background about yourself? 
Yeah, hi. My name is David Lavenda. I'm a co-founder and vice president of product strategy and marketing at Harmony. My background is uh, really around uh, a lot to do with uh, information overload research. I did my uh, my master's thesis looking at the impact of the introduction of email in organizations on the perception of information overload in organizations. And since then, I've really been focused both on research and in a professional capacity, looking at how to make uh, the user experience for people at work better so that they can be productive instead of being flooded by technology. I see. So you've been driven all your life by how technology can help make the life of people simpler. Maybe you can explain then how this relates. I found this in your title in, in LinkedIn, and it says you're an information overload researcher. Pretty amazing title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my, uh, I did my, my master's thesis in a, in a uh, topic that was called uh, Science, Technology, and Society, looking uh, in general at a, at a, a realm that looks at the impact of uh, technology and science on society and vice versa. And I decided to focus yeah. on so, email. Yes, that's a big issue. And I experience this for myself all the time as well. And the things that you've highlighted in your blog, that's uh, something that I recognize for myself. I get easily distracted by it. Now, talking about your company, I've been looking at your website. And if I look at the about, it says, we believe that workers are creative and social and not mere users of technology. We need to humanize technology to empower human beings by increasing their ability to work together. When I then go back to your homepage, it seems that the solution then is the following. All your information delivered in the way your brain works. Can you explain it a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, just in, in general, the background of the company, as you said, you know, one of the, we've become overwhelmed with technology. I think, you know, the, a lot of the, the Silicon Valley culture that's, that's driving technology uh, looks at technology for technology's sake, and we've kind of lost that view of the, the goal or the purpose of technology is really to help people do their jobs at work. And uh, that's, that's what, what Harmony is really all about, is bringing that human factor back in and uh, trying to abstract a lot of the information and technology that people use so that they don't have to be concerned with navigating between all the different tools that they have, but they can focus on, on work. The idea of, of information, the way your brain works, is uh, is really you know we've we've become overwhelmed with with apps uh, you know the and the cloud has made this even worse so even if you're just simply a Microsoft Office 365 user now you've got 20 apps available over 20 apps available to you and we know that people are using much more than just Office 365 they're using Salesforce Workday ServiceNow Zendesk you know, lots and lots of cloud services and uh, often Dropbox, Box, Slack. And the information is just coming fast and furious at people. And uh, it becomes extremely difficult for people to be able to focus on what they really care about, which are things like customers, prospects, projects, services. And the idea of information, the way your brain works, is that we bring all those information from the different sources together by topics so that you don't really need to be concerned with where the information is coming from. You can focus on the big picture. Yeah, that's interesting. I saw there's quite some recognition of the company online. Gardner and Forrester are uh, raving about it. A couple of nice awards that you've been winning. So what is this all about? Yeah, so the idea is that what we do is we take the, uh, say, for example, you're, you're looking at an email. 
Uh, an email is coming from a, a customer. It's talking about a particular project that we're working that you know we're working on. What uh, Harmony uh, is able to do is to extract the topics from that email, and then look for that those topics again. It could be things like customer name, project name, product, service, things of that nature, and then look for those same topics across all your different apps, whether they be things like CRM or you know a help desk or a documentation and Bring them all together so that you can focus on that particular topic, say the customer, and then see all the relevant information in a single window without having to go and look for it. So how, how do you do that? What's the technology behind this? So there's a, there's a couple of different uh, elements behind it. The, uh, there's some uh, natural language processing that extracts topics. There's some machine learning technology that picks up on people's responses and, and learns uh, patterns. But the key to, to this is the graph we call the uh, the harmony graph that, that runs behind this behind the product and what that does is it it actually picks up the uh, connections the relationships between people topics and artifacts artifacts being things like documents notifications emails you know information coming from different apps those types of things and by building a uh, a graph what we're able to do is to understand the relationships between all those different things and then to surface the most relevant and important uh, items to people without them having to understand the underlying relationships. And that's really the key, the key to, uh, to solving the problem. Yeah. I think I picked this up from one of your blogs. You're talking about that you're solving the chaos that leads to projects failing. Are there any specific use cases where it applies specifically or is it very generic? No, but, well, it's, I mean, in general, it's a, it's a broad problem that, that occurs in many different aspects, but we're focusing on several. You know, initially, we had looked at some situations for things like people who are involved with sales and marketing, so people working with customers who are using uh, things like CRM, systems like Salesforce, and, and maybe there's some help desk operations going on behind the scenes with, with the customer, and then there's documents and emails and so on. What we've uh, seen as a really particular hotspot that we're focusing on now is is really just the Office 365 environment itself. There's enough diversity of applications and sources of information with things like Outlook email, uh, SharePoint documents, OneDrive, Planner for uh, tasks, Calendar, uh, Teams, all these types of applications will provide information related to the same topic, but each one of it will present it in a different user experience, and, and it's very disconnected. So for, for people, even in that, that relatively straightforward environment, it's very difficult to see the, the information forest for the data trees True. because the information is just spread out over the different systems and uh, not, not well, not, you don't get a coherent picture, and that's, that's what we're really good at picking up and working on. So the use case, the main use case that we're working on today is Office 365 users, which is a lot of productivity users in uh, knowledge workers and companies who use the uh, the Office 365 stack. Yeah. I mean uh, yeah, that is that is pretty generic. What do you see as the as the potential here? You know, coming from where we were the last well, whatever uh, 20 years, now having this technology, mm-hmm. what is the I mean is, has there been any research on the percentage increase in productivity, the impact that can be created beyond what is expected. What is the effect of this? What are your customers saying? So the effect of, of not using something like this, we see that productivity is actually going down 
because people are, uh, I think for, to a large degree, because people are confused and overwhelmed and uh, very difficult for them to see the information. True. So a lot of the promise of the introduction of technology to boost productivity has not been realized. And that's the opportunity. True. So the opportunity here is really is a, is a quantum leap in how people interact with technology. You know, in the past, uh, we've gone through several phases of, of you know, there was the, uh, the mainframe computer where you had a very simple terminal interface. We went to uh, standalone PCs. We went to the internet connected. We have mobile. We're in the stage now in the world of the cloud where people are literally with a credit card can sign up for any cloud service that they want. And the proliferation of cloud apps through things like shadow IT, where people can basically just sign up for whatever they want, is exploding. So the number of interfaces people have to deal with is, is exploding. So the, the, the potential here is really to take a new approach to how people interact with technology, and yeah. that's using the graph to extract topics. And I think we're at a, it's really gonna be a quantum leap in, in productivity. Uh, I think we're quite early in this. You know, Part of a lot of the artificial intelligence that, that's been, people have been talking about, I think will not be realized because of um, you know, some hype and some uh, things that just make it not all that applicable in the broad sense, but focusing on those particular elements like the natural language processing, machine learning, and the graph technology will provide a quantum uh, advancement in, in productivity. Hmm. And what do you, I mean, what are examples of the productivity change that we'll see? Is it simply doing things faster? Has it an effect on the quality of, of the output? Mm, no, I think there's actually two two main things. So, if, you know, saying that you can do things faster or not, I think is kind of a, it's a difficult value proposition for people to uh, to chew on. I think there's two things that, that really make this type of technology or this opportunity stand out. One is to surface what's most important quickly so that people can uh, take action. Uh, that the things that they might miss. So, for example, if I'm, I'm working uh, on a project with a colleague of mine and there's lots of uh, notifications of things going on at help desk or there might be going on with new documents or emails, I, I just don't see the big picture because there's just too many, too many data points. True. So giving me that insight to move quickly isn't making me more productive by doing the task faster, but it is allowing me to actually see the big picture and, and, and take advantage of the opportunity. The second, and I think this is probably even a bigger point, is that people who may not necessarily have access to the those data points. So, for example, if we have two salespeople working on, uh, on an account, each one would have access maybe to the other one's notifications and systems, but they wouldn't see them. But if we take a, a third person, somebody who, say, was a product manager uh, who's working on the product that these guys are selling, all of a sudden he has access to what's happening out in the field. So bubbling up information that's interesting to this person, even though they may not be working on that task directly, is, is a boon. I mean, this is a huge opportunity that's never been tapped, and that is by using a graph of, of what people are interested in, alerting other people in the organization to new developments around a particular topic that they're not necessarily following is really gonna drive this forward. I agree, I agree. So Tim O'Reilly recently, uh published a book called WTF, What's the Future? And he's talking mm -hmm. about a couple of things. One of them being that the, the, the winners of tomorrow are making the critical choice to automate, to replace, or to augment, to do better. What's your take on, on the automation slack augmentation discussion? Yeah, so I think you know the, this, the, the automation piece, automation works well 
when you have a very structured process. Basically, if you can create a a, a flowchart of a of particular of a particular process, then you can automate it in some form or other. The information workers' tasks and uh, daily work cycles really are not the, those types of of um, work environment. A lot of times you have uh, creative work, you have work we have to make decisions based on a lot of data points that are that you can't necessarily structure together well. And in this case, you really you can't really automate. And the opportunity here is to provide information to the information workers in an organized fashion so that they can make the best decision. And that's the augmentation piece. And that's sure. the big opportunity for the enterprise is bringing together all the related information in a coherent fashion, let people drill down to get more details if they need them, and then make decisions. That's where the big hit's going to be. It's not going to be an automating uh, creative or um, information-based processes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and if you look at how this will unfold in the in the future, if you look at, for example, the competitiveness of of businesses, whether they are in in the commercial sector or in the, or in, the in, in the public sector, what's your view on competitiveness? If you abstract yourself from this technology, what version of the technology, the AI or the the IA, will have most impact? Well, I think like, like a lot of things, this is going to shake out. Right now. The market is not well defined. You can see this from looking at a lot of the analyst reports of how they scope the market. It, it's really very amorphous at this point. And as companies and solutions start to evolve, and uh, as you, you mentioned before, specific use cases bubble up to the top, True. this will start to become a market that people will follow. Once that happens, you'll see additional players coming in offering solutions, and the market will start to become uh, more structured, and then, and then I think we'll be able to talk about specific solutions and, and a particular competitive landscape. Right now, it's just, I think, a lot of people offering specific, you know, speaking slightly different languages, offering very similar solutions, and, but we are starting to see some, some traction. I think, uh, you know, certainly things like Slack, you know, with a lot of the connectors that they have and the traction that they're getting are certainly moving the market forward. Completely agree. So what do you believe is, is next? I mean, this is, of course, already already about yeah, the next phase. Have you got a vision for the next three, four years where this is going? Yeah, so the vision is, the vision is, is that when, in a world of shadow IT where people can decide for their own department, for themselves, for a division, what type of yeah. solution they want in the cloud, the only, the only viable long-term solution for companies is to develop a multi-cloud infrastructure that doesn't require upfront integration. So there have to be a way for people, the, the future is multi-cloud. As much as companies like Google and, and uh, Microsoft want to have everybody on the single cloud, it's, that's, that's not going to work for enterprise. And there has to be a way to take all the information from all the different sources and all the clouds and bring them together so people can focus on the big picture without requiring individual integration projects. That's the vision. The solving that problem will allow people to focus on work uh, without having to create enormous and endless IT integration projects. Exactly. I think that's, uh, I agree with that as well. It's also facilitating the whole change in the way organizations are structured from hierarchies to, to more fluid working, to more team-based working, project-oriented working. And with this mm -hmm. type of approach, you always need the multiple viewpoints coming together in, yeah, in one single view. Cool. So if you look at, if you would give advice to, well, to your clients, to your future clients, 
what should CEOs focus on to stay relevant? So I think, you know, part of it is getting a grip on on the information that you have. You know, I see a lot of, you know, companies uh, are starting to realize this, that regardless of what infrastructure they pick from an enterprise standpoint, uh, it's not going to be enough. They're not going to be able to create an infrastructure that's completely locked down in in most cases. And therefore, they need to take an approach, an open approach, where they allow people, as, as you said, to use the tools that they want for themselves to be productive but without sacrificing the ability to bring the information together in a coherent fashion. And that's, that's where, again, things like the, uh, a graph technology, that's where things like in, intelligence augmentation, some of the uh, natural language processing, machine learning technologies provided in, uh, by different suppliers can help create that, that environment. Because the CEO, what they need to do to stay relevant is they need to provide the tools to their, to their workforce that they want to use and that they feel comfortable with without trying to force them to use uh, the tools that, that have been pre-selected. That's, that's gone. Those days are over. So and their, their main task is to facilitate their workforce to be productive. And that's you know, giving them the best tools for the job. <laughs> Perfect. The other kind of side of the, of the, say, of, yeah, of the same coin, since you are, you're sort of overlaying many different ISVs and technologies, what advice would you give ISVs to stay relevant to surviving in a world that you're creating here? So, you know, I think there's only going to be a few Microsofts or Googles that have the luxury of trying to say that they're going to be the, uh, the anchor where all the uh, enterprise data is stored, or at least to offer that as a value proposition. And I think all the other vendors uh, who have cloud solutions, in order to stay relevant, have to understand that they need to participate in a multi-vendor world uh, or else they will become irrelevant because somebody will eclipse them. So building their solutions in a way that allow them to interoperate without, again, without doing upfront integration projects in the cloud is going to be a very important uh, requirement. Good advice. So in your journey towards well, creating this new future and, and using all these technologies to, to make this leap in, in productivity gain, if there was anything you could ask people on this podcast that are listening in, what would the ask be? In terms of... Uh, what they're what they're interested in? What they're interested in? What feedback you would like to have? What you know? What I'd like to be curious of is I'd like to hear stories, you know, from from organizations who feel this pain of too much information uh, from too many sources, particularly in, in uh, Office 365 organizations. And I'd be interested in hearing their journey and understanding what their challenges are. And uh, that's that kind of feedback is always very helpful in helping design the next generation of solutions. Exactly. Well, that is what this podcast is actually designed to do, to bring together like-minded people to solve a couple of the big, the big problems in the world. And only via a conversation like, uh, like we have today, we can, can give new ideas, but also uh, highlight, well, get more the, the details behind what's really wrong. So thanks for this. Excellent. This was really interesting. Okay, appreciate it. It was a pleasure. For everybody else, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to David Lavenda, co-founder and vice president of product marketing and strategy at Harmony. You can find more on David in a variety of ways. First of all, there's Twitter, and his Twitter handle is dlavenda. You can, of course, also find him on LinkedIn, or you can simply go to their website, which you can find at www.harmon.ie. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. 
It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.